Welcome to the Sensual Power Podcast. This is a podcast for women, AFAP people, and anyone looking to learn more about generational trauma, childhood trauma, narcissistic abuse, sacred sexuality, and healing any wounds around money, sex, relationships, self, and doing expansion work with that. Everything that I'm talking about is based on my own experiences of healing and the work that I do with my clients. Keep in mind, though, I am a cis white woman, so the views that I express do come with a sense of privilege, and if harm is done, I am always willing to repair harm, so please reach out if that happens. Otherwise, stay tuned and listen to your next episode right now. Welcome back to your Sensual Power Podcast. As always, I am your host, Valerie Schrader. On today's episode, I want to talk about something that I often talk about with my clients because, like myself, many of my clients grew up with a narcissistic mother or parents, um, very emotionally mature parents, and just very chaotic or even abusive household situations. What we're going to dive into is, one, how do we start to build an internal blueprint for having a safe and healthy relationship? And how do we communicate in a relationship when we learned that communication of our needs and wants was unsafe or dangerous? So this is going to be a two-part conversation, but we're going to dive into all of things. So when most of us grow up where the types of examples of a relationship we saw were not healthy. They were dangerous, they felt unsafe, or they just did not feel healthy at all, you know. And that varies based on experience, right? Some of my clients, the experience was like, there was no affection in the home. There was no real communication or connection. It just felt like everybody was there, but nobody was connected to one another. And there was definitely a neglect of affection and intimate communication and connection. And that can also then go all the way up to like witnessing violence, witnessing abuse, right? All of that, depending on the degree of it and your own experience with it, it's going to create a blueprint in your mind of what relationships are like and what they should look like, right? So what happens oftentimes is that we learn early on, right? We have this little inner child in here that has learned that in relationships, we don't communicate. We don't offer affection, that it is normal to not receive love and affection physically, emotionally, mentally from our relationships, Or it is normal to see abuse in relationships, screaming matches, throwing each other around, punching each other, whatever it is, right? Any degree of that. These things are normal, right? And it creates a little story in our head, a belief, and then a blueprint for what we should look for. And in conjunction with what we see, there's also our own lived experience. So for like my clients that are just like me that grew up with a very narcissistic mom or both parents, right, or guardians, um, it was normal to them to be gaslit. It was normal to them to have to constantly perform to 
receive affection or try to be validated by doing things and then never fully get that, right? These types of things are normal to us. Um, It was normal to not feel trusting or to feel like even when you've been hurt, it's going to be, the treatment is going to be that it is your fault, that you brought it on, that you caused it. So you're going to build up these stories. Like a story for me was very much that relationships were dangerous and it wasn't safe for me to trust people in intimate situations because that's what I witnessed and that's also what I experienced. And again, this is all based on our own degrees. So something I really want to normalize here is just because your story doesn't sound quote unquote extreme does not mean it it did not impact you. I've even had to catch clients on this where they've said, well, like, yeah, I mean, but my family wasn't like yours. Like my mom wasn't as bad as yours. And, you know, so maybe, maybe I don't, you know, like I'm just over exaggerating it or I don't quite have the right to be upset about this in that way. No, because your experience is your experience. My experience is my experience. And relative to me or relative to you, that has had an impact on you, right? And that has created a story and a belief and a pattern in you that is not helping you thrive. And, you know, just get like, getting by or just surviving or even just living. That's not what we're looking for in life. And we want better than that. So all of it's relative to ourselves and our own lived experiences. And at the same time, all of it gets to be something that we want to move past and develop a a certain level of thriving for. We want, we want better for ourselves. And even if we have the intention of wanting better for ourselves and know that on some conscious level, we deserve better for ourselves, that does not always mean that that's what we seek out and go after. Because again, what we have learned in childhood is unconsciously staying in our mind or we learned in early adulthood, right? Those formative years created a story, created a belief that created a blueprint and a pattern that we continue to play out. So how the fuck do we get past that? <laughs> because again, <laughs> we know we want better, but we keep choosing worse. And, and let me also state this too. Just because we have gotten into toxic or abusive or harmful relationships in our past and even current, right, does not mean that it is all our fault, right? It doesn't, all, it doesn't mean that we don't get to take responsibility for doing something about it, but it also doesn't mean it's all our fault and we're just you know, you get what you deserve. I hear this trope online all the time, especially from like the the very incelly type men that are like, well, then choose better partners. And yeah, ideally we do. We try that. We try that going into relationships. And if you are accustomed to a certain behavior, you don't always see the red flags there because you don't either one, they don't show up because a lot of us put our best put foot forward when we get into a relationship, right? We we put on the smoke and mirrors act so that way we we get the person that we want. 
um, or to, again, like you notice them, but because on an unconscious level, you are accustomed to that, you keep choosing it and you don't even realize that you're doing it or that you're ignoring the red flag. We're completely oblivious to it at that point. So all of this happens in the background of our mind and we're just not clear of what's going on and we're not clear of what we're doing to ourselves. So how do we get past that? Because again, we know it sucks, right? We know the belief that relationships are dangerous and it's not safe to trust people and open up in in vulnerable, intimate settings. We know that's not fun, right? Or that relationships mean I have to put in all of the work and my partner will never show up for me, right? Because we witnessed that happening in childhood, right? Or that I always have to give of myself even when I don't feel up to it. Maybe like, you know, that belief that you always have to have sex and and give into physical intimacy with a partner to try to keep them around. Because again, when you were younger, mom or dad or guardian or both parents right? You constantly try to do things to receive affection and love and validation from them and you never got it. So now it's like you're, you're grasping at straws trying to figure out what will get you the affection, what will give you the love, what will give you the um, connection. And that's where I see a lot of us using sex as a means to get that from intimate partners when we grow up. Because we believe we have to do those things in order to stay relevant to them, to stay in their good graces or be of interest to them. And again, this is all in the background of the mind. It's not necessarily conscious. And even if we do have awareness of it, it's oftentimes very difficult for us to face. And therefore, we struggle to move past the pattern. So be easy on yourself if you notice this is happening, right? Now, with that being said, how do we move past this? Because we know it's not fun. We know it doesn't feel good, right? Well, we have to start really looking at what we have learned in about relationships. We have to get very clear on that. Because again, a lot of this is in the background of our mind. It's in the unconscious. So we have to start looking at, okay, what are the patterns that I keep seeing in the relationships that I'm in now or have been in, right? What keeps coming up? What are the common themes? Our patterns of behavior and, and experiences, those are our teachers. It's kind of the same thing as, you know, for clients where, When we're starting to do the unpacking and working through a lot of childhood stuff, if they start telling me, yeah, I keep having this same dream or this memory keeps popping up all the time. Like this memory from my childhood pops up all the time. I've had the same experience like in therapy and with my own coach, like there's a specific memory that we would notice popping up constantly when talking about money issues and business issues and we knew okay there's something to that this this memory holds a moment in time where a pattern and a belief was created and due to that it is now still having an effect on us so 
we need to look at this memory and see what is it about this memory that keeps popping up all the time, right? So this is where, again, we look at the patterns, we look at the behaviors that we're doing and start picking them apart a little bit, right? And you don't have to do it all at once. I definitely don't recommend that. Like when we do this in coaching, this can take weeks, if not months with a client where we really, really take our time to pick through these things. Because again, we know that there's something here that is probably triggering, that is probably a little bit trauma-inducing because it create, it's, all, it's already creating pain in our life. So it definitely created pain when we were younger. We don't want to delve into that in such a harsh way that it feels as if we're just going to collapse or like we, we are literally going to explode or break down if we face any of it. We don't want to do that to ourselves. That's not healthy right? We want to titrate this. And, and if you're not aware of what titrate means, titrating means that we are doing little bits of discovery on a trauma or pattern to build up essentially muscle for it, right? It's kind of the same thing as lifting weights. Like you don't start with the hardest weight. You start small and work yourself up so that you don't hurt yourself, same thing as the emotional work. We start small and then work up to start delving into what's been going on in the background of our mind so that way we can start to titrate it and build up a muscle to face more and more of it, right? This is very normal and this is a really healthy way to do this. Trying to dive into everything so hard and so fast usually ends up with us freaking out, shutting down, and not wanting to do the work at all. And then when we try to do it later on, again, we've built up more evidence to support that belief in that pattern. And we've just created more pain and then it hurts even more. We don't want to do that. So one, if you've been trying to do that with yourself and you notice that you keep going into these long periods of shutdown or feeling really irritable or, you know, what or disassociating or like trying to distract yourself a lot chances are you've been pushing yourself too hard and you need to slow the fuck down you just need to slow the fuck down and take this in little bits at a time not everything has to be done so hard so fast and in fact that is a symptom of our society of white supremacist and patriarchal society that has taught us that we have to go hard on everything right like Anytime I think about doing stuff like that, all I think about is the very like bro culture mindset of like, go hard or go home, you know, go big or go home. Like, it's like this whole go all in on it, go, go fast, go hard, push through it. And that's the way you do things. And that does not need to be how we do healing work. That does not need to be how we do growth work. It's a journey. It's not a destination. Take your time. So again, if you're experiencing that, it's probably time to slow the fuck down. And that's for everybody, right? (laughs) We want to do things at a pace that feels good to our system. But we do need to start investigating what are our patterns, what keeps coming up, or is there behavior or like shutdown behavior and stuff that we've been doing, right? Like, Let's say you're in a relationship. Something that comes up for a lot of my clients is they've been in a relationship for a long time 
And suddenly they've gotten to the point where they are just shutting down from intimacy, from sex. And they don't know why, but they cannot make themselves want to do it for the life of them. And in fact, anytime their partner approaches them to be physically intimate or have sex, they are getting irritable. They are shutting down. They're pushing away. And they are terrified that their relationship is going to end. And that they're going to lose their partner. And that's understandable because, again, if you have learned that relationships are super conditional, hello, been there, done that. Also, if you haven't listened to last week's podcast on that, go listen to that because I literally have an entire podcast talking about unlearning um, to see relationships as being conditional. But when you have learned a certain way of being because of childhood, which again, for many of us is that, uh, we don't, we don't get to just be loved. Like that's not a thing that we get to experience. So we have shut down, right? We have experienced a lot of pain and we've shut down And we don't understand why. And we're afraid that our relationship is going to end, but we don't know what to do about it to fix it. So this is where we need to look at the patterns and understand why does this keep coming up? What is going on in the background of my mind that keeps happening that is causing me to freak the fuck out and not want to be physically intimate with my partner or whatever else is coming on? What is causing me to continuously pick these partners that always start off one way and then as the relationship goes, it's like they flip the script and they act just like my mom or just like my dad or whatever or what happens, you know, like whatever the pattern may be. We have to look at that pattern. Because that pattern is going to show us what the fuck is going on. And then when we start investigating that pattern, we can go start looking at it more and being like, okay, is there anything from my past? Is there anything from my childhood or early adult years that happened that it was similar to this or that reminds me of this, right? Because it doesn't have to be the exact same scenario, And again, oftentimes not like, again, if you keep using sex as a way to connect with somebody, well, you didn't learn to do that with your parents, but you did learn that your parents were not available to give you the love and validation that you wanted. So you kept trying to seek it out in other means, right? But you didn't learn to do that in your childhood, but this is how the the pattern manifested as we went on through adulthood, right? So... This is what happened, right? This is where we start to investigate, okay, what happened that caused this pattern? What what do we see from our formative years that resembles this pattern that has made this pattern see, you know, come up, right? We can then start to look at that more and more and more and start to pick apart what what we've attached to that, what meaning we've attached to it, right? If we attach the meaning that relationships are dangerous, okay. So now we need to deal with that and figure out how do I start to make that feel less true? 
And you're probably going to think like, okay, well, I, I need to do something the complete opposite. I need to say that relationships are safe. Relationships get to be healthy. Well, yeah, that's the, that's where we want to start to get to. But like, again, you've grown up believing a certain thing about relationships. You're not going to just suddenly believe on all levels, right? Unconscious and conscious levels that relationships are safe, that it's safe to trust people. We have to, again, titrate it. We have to build it up. A lot of times what I see people do that really holds them back and makes people struggle, and I've been there myself, so everything I'm saying, trust me, I've been there, I've done it, you're not alone. (laughs) This is not just a call out on you, this is a call out on me because I have been there. But everything about this that is come up for that is coming up here, I've done it too, right? I I tried. Okay, I understand now why when I learned to think of relationships as dangerous, right? Yes, there was continuous evidence throughout my childhood. However, there are a few key moments where this this stuck out in my mind, and I learned that it was unsafe to trust others. Fun fact: for a lot of us that grew up with a narcissistic parent or parents, we have massive trust issues with um, other people, and again, self included. So there's nothing wrong with you. You have just experienced a lot of things in early relationships that were supposed to be trusting that were not. And it has now had an effect on your ability to feel safe trusting people. That is what it is. And it sucks. But we can do something about this, right? So again, once we face this, trying to go to the polar opposite, I rarely see that work. I rarely see it work. A lot of times when I see that work, it's with a pattern that hasn't either been super established yet or it's not a pattern attached to like some really core wounds. But when we're talking about these core beliefs and core wounds around relationships and things, we are we are talking about things that have they've been ingrained in our fucking head and they're going to take some work to pick apart and work on. And that's okay. That is okay. So we have to start titrating it. We have to start building up tiny bits of a different message, a different story, right? Maybe the message is not straight away. Relationships are safe and it's easy for me to trust people. Maybe right now the message is it's safe for me to explore different types of relationships and ways of being in relationship. It's safe for me to explore what it looks like to trust on smaller levels, right? And you can get really specific with that if you want. But you have to start doing it in really small ways. In conjunction with that, when we're trying to create a blueprint for what type of relationship we want and desire, again, going the extreme opposite probably isn't going to fully appeal to your unconscious self yet. So we also have to be working with our, you know, inner child or those unconscious parts of us that have held these beliefs. But while we're doing that, we have to start looking at these relationships stories that we've experienced and also start understanding how do we feel about those things? Because 
something that we often hear about is like, oh, you have to find the evidence of a healthy relationship and use that as a model. Well, yeah, that's great to an extent. But again, when like you have not grown up with that, like you don't know that. There's a lot of my clients that like, even we'll talk about doing inner child play and just playing with their inner child. And they're like, I don't know how to do that because I literally wasn't allowed to play when I was a child. I wasn't allowed to watch cartoons. I wasn't given toys. Like I did not play. I've, I've had clients with that experience and with them, I'm like, all right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to start researching things either from your specific culture or where you grew up or time period that you grew up that kids did or played or watched or whatever. And you're going to start experimenting and seeing what things sound good to you, right? We're, we're essentially creating a research study. With relationships, when we have not learned to see a relationship as safe, when that has not been something that we have experienced, we often need to look at what we have seen and as uncomfortable as that can be, we have to look at what we have seen to start picking apart evidence of what we want, right? We have to start looking at that and being like, okay, well, that sucks. I definitely didn't like that. So here is what I want for myself. Here is what I know I hated when I was younger. And this is what I want instead of that, right? So maybe, again, you noticed that your parents would get in these really big fights all the time. And you noticed that it scared you. Well, one, we have to tell our inner child, like, hey, I know that you tend to get attracted to relationships or these similar um, patterns and types of arguments come up. But, like, do you remember how ma- how scared that made you feel and how you always hid under your covers and, you know, like try to pretend like something else was happening when this was going on for you, right? Like whatever it is, you have to start showing that inner child or that inner part of you like, hey, remember how that did not feel good, right? Remember that? Okay, well, can we can we think about maybe something better? Because I think you deserve better. And we have to start giving ourselves a lot more love in that process. But as we're doing all of this, we also want to use what we saw as like looking at things and looking at how we responded to it and how we respond to that now and being like, okay, well, I really actually don't feel comfortable in relationships where all we do is getting these massive fucking fights and it ends with both of us in a screaming match and, and pushing each other around or whatever is going on, right? We have to look at all of that and be like, okay, that's definitely something I don't want. Because again, it, when we don't have evidence of something that we do want and when that's so foreign to our system... We have to start looking at what we have experienced to see what we don't want from that. And then maybe there are also some things we do want from that, right? 
Um, hopefully nothing that involves violence because nobody deserves that. But, you know, like, um, to give you an example of that, my dad didn't ever remarry after my mom and him split. Um, he was just not interested in that. And I always noticed that he felt really sad and really alone. Um, and what I took from that was like, okay, well, I didn't like seeing him alone and I don't like feeling alone, but I actually don't really like marriage or, or living with somebody. That's not for me. That's actually how I determined that I definitely didn't want a traditional relationship where it ended in marriage because it just, I saw that with him and I knew that like, I tried to do the whole living together. I tried to do the marriage and all those things. And it wasn't for me. I wasn't excited about any of it. And it wasn't just because my partners weren't good. But it was also something where as I started looking at that with my dad, I also noticed like, you know, when I was younger, I don't really ever remember like getting excited about wedding stuff or like I don't remember ever having that phase where like um, wanting to have a wedding dress or whatever, like. Yeah, I looked at them a few times, but then I was more like, oh, these all look so boring. They're all the same. Like, I remember I upset my ex-fiance when I told him I did not want a white dress and I didn't want all of the traditional things for a wedding because he very much wanted the whole fairy tale thing. That was not me. And that was where I really got honest with myself when I looked at that. And I also used like, what I did experience with my dad not getting remarried as a way to um, to to really determine like, oh, I don't actually want marriage. I don't want to live with somebody. I don't want those things. Um, so this is where we, we start to create the evidence of what we don't want and what we do want. And then as we're doing that, like, as we're starting to find little bits of what we do want based on what we know we did not like experiencing when we were growing up, again, we have to start building up some sense of safety that we can have that. And we have to start just testing that out and, and getting used to it. And fun fact, it's going to be a little uncomfortable for a while, right? Um, one thing that I have noticed with myself and several of my clients that are still in that dating phase when we are working together, that happens a lot when they do actually get somebody that like is emotionally mature and is communicating with them or affectionate with them in the ways they want. Like they almost feel like this gut check um, discomfort with it and it's because again they're not used to it and yeah like there can obviously be times where that person is just not the right person for them but a lot of times like when we break it down what I've noticed is like oh we're not used to it there's been of course times where it's like no this is just really like yes I like this but not with this person but then I've also found it to be like oh, I am not used to this, so it feels uncomfortable to my nervous system. And this is where sometimes, like, again, we have to discern what's going on and then 
if it is just discomfort based on not being used to things, then we have to start investigating that a little bit. And how, how can we like be okay with a little bit of discomfort while we're learning to get comfortable in this, right? And we're learning to be like, wait, no, I really like this person. And on a conscious level, like I feel really good about them. It's just this little smeagly inner child in me that's like, no, we're not used to that. We don't want that. That's nice behavior. We're, we don't know how to deal with that. So, you know, this is where we just have to take our time to develop the muscles to be able to tolerate it, right? There's nothing wrong with being a little uncomfortable in our growth. That is okay. That is normal and it is expected. But we have to discern what's going on there to see what do we need, right? What do we need? What's going on? Is this the right person or the right relationship? Or is this just a moment of like, well, shit, I'm really just not used to <laughs> to being treated well. And now I got to get used to it. I'm not used to somebody actually touching me or pleasuring me in the way that I want. And now I have to get used to that because it freaks me out, right? Can be a lot of things there. So this is where, again, it's going to take work. It's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of testing the waters of, you know, one, facing what we've been through and facing what we've experienced to cause the patterns and the beliefs that are holding us back from having the type of relationship that we desire consciously. And it's going to take a lot of work to then, you know, just gently break through that so we can actually develop what we do want, right? Now with that, what I also notice is there's that that transition period where it's really hard to communicate about things. Like what if you are in a relationship and you do want the relationship that you're in, but you are noticing a lot of patterns coming up in that relationship that resemble shit from childhood or again, whether that's what you witnessed with your parents or what you experienced with them or your guardians, right? This is where we have to have those uncomfortable conversations and talk about what's coming up because a lot of us, a lot of us, we repeat relationship patterns based on things that we witness with our parents or that we experience with our parents. We all do it and it sucks. And I know it sucks. I've been there. It's not fun. But it is something that we can work through and work past as long as we are able and willing to just have those moments of discomfort to then work on it and then see what what do we want to do about it, right? And And have the moments of being a little bit vulnerable because it's not easy. It's not easy to be vulnerable with somebody when you also learned that it was not safe for you to be vulnerable. It's hard to do that when you learned that actually being vulnerable meant punishment, meant or like expressing that you're hurt by something. Like it wasn't safe for you to do. Expressing that you needed something it was not met, right? It's hard to do that when that is the story 
from your childhood, from, from your early years. So we have to, again, we have to get in that habit of titrating it and figuring out how do we do this in a way that feels safe to our nervous system? How do we do this in a way that feels safe to us? Um, and build up that. One of the things that I always recommend when we struggle with having uncomfortable conversations in a relationship is role playing it. Like legit role play it out. And that can be done in a multitude of ways. I do this with my clients all the time where we will sit down and role play out a uncomfortable conversation, whether that's with their parent, with a partner or friend or boss or whoever, right? Because again, this all goes back to shit they learned in childhood, like myself. So now we have to figure out how do we have the conversation about this and make it feel safe to our nervous system. So we do that by role playing it sometimes. And that can be, again, done with the support of like coach or therapist. Um, you can do that with a trusted person in your life if you do have somebody that you trust. And keep in mind that needs to be with somebody that you know is not going to be inserting their own opinions and desires for you in there, but somebody that is just going to be an objective party to role play this out. This is also where sometimes it's just better and, and, and safer for everybody if you do that with a coach or a therapist because we're objective parties, right? But our friends are often not objective parties and it is often not a great thing to involve friends in relationship stuff because again, they have their own thoughts and feelings and it's easy to get in our heads with that. So having somebody there that is not going to insert their own feelings and thoughts in can it really help. We can do this by putting down some pillows, right? Pretending the other person is sitting on the pillow and speaking to them. We can do this through visualization, through talking it out loud or writing it out. And again, pick whatever works for you. But when you're doing this, like you want to imagine the conversation that you want to have and then think about like what is the outcome you're looking to have from this conversation? What it what is your desire from it? And I like to have my clients role play out the best case scenario and the worst case scenario because that also helps us understand what we truly want from this and see that it is possible, right? Because if we can envision it, that means it's possible. And then with the worst case scenario, we also practice seeing how we can hold ourselves through that uncomfortable conversation in order to still be able to have it. Because a lot of times, again, we are afraid of rejection, of being hurt, and all of that. And of course, that's terrifying. Of course it is, right? How could it not be terrifying? But that doesn't mean that it needs to be so terrifying that we don't do it. We don't put ourselves out there with it. So this is where... We just, we start to play with it, right? We play with it. We role play it out. We see what it would look like to have this conversation, various outcomes, so that we know that we can handle it and we can hold ourselves through it. That's one of the things. Two, change of how you converse. I have clients that are, you know, again, they've been through trauma or they've, they're also neurodivergent and sitting face to face with somebody 
in either case or both is really uncomfortable. It makes it almost worse. Like a lot of us, when we think about having that uncomfortable conversation, yes, we're worried about how the person will react. But I often find too, there's this element of like just sitting and having another person look at us and, you know, because we're worried about how are they perceiving us? How are they judging us in this moment, right? Just that alone is fucking terrifying sometimes. So having a way that we can just test this out and practice it first can really help. But we can also do things like have the conversation sitting back to back. This is actually something I recommend to clients all the time and I've even done it where you sit back to back with the partner or person that you're having the conversation with and you let them know what it is that you're feeling and what what you what's coming up for you and what you're looking for because you can feel the physical support of them but you don't have the eye contact to make you nervous and make you shut down right do a blindfolded this has been used oftentimes especially for people like when there's intimacy conversations and they're really nervous about saying like, hey, I want to try this or hey, I don't like this or hey, this has never worked for me, right? Having that conversation blindfolded, as weird as it may sound, can be really helpful in those moments. So this is where we can experiment with things and, you know, just allow ourselves to be open to maybe doing things a little bit differently. And again, for my clients that are neurodivergent, sometimes this stuff also just in general makes it feel safer to have the conversation in the first place. So lots of options and how to do that there. But definitely like the role playing is probably one of the most helpful practices I've used, one of the most helpful practices that my clients have used. And I definitely recommend trying it out because what have you got to lose, right? What have you got to lose? But that way you can at least start to build up some muscle for having those uncomfortable conversations. For discussing things that maybe we don't really want to discuss, but we know we need to because we're not happy or, you know... We know we we're worried that things are gonna collapse, like, and that's where even sometimes you have to ask yourself: Is having this uncomfortable conversation better than my relationship ending? Than this fear of my relationship ending? I'm going to guess that if you are still listening to this, the relationship is worth having the uncomfortable conversation. So I hope this helps. If you are interested in learning more about all of this and getting some more blueprints on having conscious conversations and intimacy practices and really building a blueprint for the type of relationship you want or improving the relationship you already have, including your sex life, I am doing a mini course called Sacred Intimacy that begins on December 1st. It's a three-part course that has material and meditations, practices, worksheets, resources for building out a relationship at 
intimacy in intimacy and sex life and communication but it also comes with three group calls so we're going to be going over different things and then also do some hot seat coaching where I will be helping you through different stuff there is limited space in the course so definitely sign up for it if you are interested again it starts on December 1st you can find the link for that in the description of this podcast and you can also check out other things on my website or sign up for my mailing list to get more practices, more in-depth work, all the good things. If this resonated with you, I would love to hear from you. Leave me a review. Let me know how it resonated with you. Let me know your own experiences with working through relationship issues and stuff like that. And send this to somebody that you know it would help them out because we should all be helping each other out, right? I hope that this helped you so much and I hope that it inspired you to really look at your relationship, whether that is current relationships or past relationships, and to see what do you want for yourself? What do you need to work on? What do you need to go let go of? What do you need to heal so that you can have exactly what you deserve? Because you do deserve better. <laughs>